0: Hi guys, back here with the From Behind the Lockdown podcast, Uh, Matty Jackson here with Steve Cole, how are you Steve? I'm good mate, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you mate, good. Uh, Check out our website, academynorth.co.uk, at academynorth1 on social media and the podcast is on Spotify and Apple. Our next guest today has played 216 first class games with over 7,000 runs and 528 wickets, a further 234 white ball games. 19 years he spent at Knott's as a player and one one day international for England. Thanks for joining us, Paul Franks. How are you, Paul? Hello, mate.
1: How are you doing? You all right?
0: Yeah, good, thank you. How are you getting on? Yeah, steady. Not too bad. Um sort of feel, feel a bit... Lockdown's not doing much for my cricket vibe, but I'm OK, thanks. So hopefully, cheer me up a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll give you a good hour here. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned, obviously, as we record this, we're, we're still in lockdown. Um, so how's all that going for you?
1: Uh, I suppose, uh, you know, today's probably the first day of a lot of recreational cricket seasons, you know, I've yeah. got a lot of mates and I'm still heavily connected into recreational cricket, and uh, picking up some social media stuff and WhatsApp groups on that, um, you know, my, my heart goes out to everybody who should have been starting their season um, today, you know, from a professional point of view, we'd have been up and at it for a couple of weeks by now and hopefully recorded our first win and guys would have found some form early. you you go from I I might emotionally up and down in a day just thinking about what you could or should be doing from a cricket point of view and whilst in the bigger scheme of things cricket's not the not the be all and end all when unfortunately people are are losing their lives and are desperately poorly Um, you know within my own life it's it's quite a it's quite a surreal feeling not to be doing what I've been lucky enough to do like you say for the, for the last 25 years yeah I think absolutely. It's
0: the first game of the club cricket season this is the first year in about 60 and I haven't had to think up an excuse for how average I am so that's quite good <laughs>
1: <laughs> So yeah, we've, had, we've had a month, month's worth of absolutely cracking early spring weather it's oh, been so nice as it, as it as it normally does on the first day of the club cricket season it's absolutely peeing it down we'll <laughs> have right, to be just sat, sat coming up with theories about
0: why they don't have to go home and go shopping (laughs) (laughs) so just just before we get into some cricket stuff um obviously we're all sat round. what's on what's on your netflix paul
1: what's on my netflix um i'm I'm into sunderland till i die i think i might Uh, go behind i think quite a lot of people have um, have watched quite a lot of that um so i've i've connected with that quite well i'm thoroughly enjoying i'm just into the second (laughs) The second series of that um we've been watching um a variety of stuff mate we, we, we got stuck into um all the narcos and the different styles of narcos yeah, but Again, yeah it's the type of thing you can watch twice it's a bit like only fools and horses yeah, like, yeah, different bits second time round. um <laughs> so yeah anything anything classic anything um that's not gonna get me thinking too much and just you know just just to lighten the mood a little bit you <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah just just need something just to keep me smiling
0: yeah definitely <laughs> we're all like
2: that absolutely um, yeah let's move into a bit of cricket mate so obviously as Jacko mentioned you had a long career at Nats so like you broke into the side at 17 um, do you think obviously your career highlights were they probably the championship wins in 05 and 2010
1: yeah definitely um, I, it, was, it was a funny old career, I feel like. I suppose I got ahead of the game. I was given an opportunity by the then captain, Paul Johnson, and the then coach, Alan Ormrod. I'd had a really really good end to my sort of junior county age group career. Um, and I wasn't really sure sort of, how good I was going to be. Um, I don't think anybody is. When, when, yeah. when I was 15 I wasn't sure what we are going to do. Rah, rah, rah. Um, and then I remember being pulled to one side and, and sort of a couple of the coaches at knots telling me that you know, they thought I got a chance, and if I did this and I did that, and I really ramped up my fitness, and you know, got to a point where I could really push on, and then they could see a future for me, and yeah. that, it, it all came together in that next sort of 14 months. And like you say, I, I, I played, I played quite a lot of cricket by the time I was 22. Yeah, yeah, um, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but I then had a year out with a really serious knee injury. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, which set me back, you know, um, put me down the international pecking order um, quite a long way. Other people took their opportunities, and I never really got back to the levels I was reaching after that. So by the time I got back to being 24, I was nearly 24, I think, before I started playing consistently again, yeah. I was so far behind, I, I, I also I got to a point where I had to start trying to reshape my game a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and spent a lot more time focusing on becoming a better batter. Um, which, with the, again, with the benefit behind, so I probably could have done a little bit earlier, but, you know, you, when, you're, when you're doing things and it's working, it's it's, it's hard work to justify changing. Yeah. You know, you're doing things, you're having success, people are acknowledging that you're moving forward. Um, I suppose from there onwards, um, lots of, you know, lots of great experience, played against some great, great players. Yeah. Um, was very, very lucky to stay with the club that I always wanted to play for. Um, like I say, two championship wins, um you know and to have achieved the experience of good and bad I think that rounds you as a person yeah you know so so to have been relegated as a player to have lost on finals day um to have won won stuff as well I think you get a more rounded approach to life but particularly sport yeah definitely. um you know because you know I think when we were kids we're, we're not really set up for losing are we um, <laughs> you know we don't deal with it particularly well and, <laughs> no. um so trying to get, get a handle on both is, is, I think, really important. And I think, I think as time's gone on, I've, I've got a better handle on losing. It doesn't mean I like it. Um, it just means that I, I can handle it a little bit better, I think.
0: Yeah, superb. Um, so you mentioned the two championship winning sides. Which one was the better team, 05 or 2010? <sighs>
1: well, if, if you were putting teams on paper, you'd say 2005. I think yeah. 2005 had a lo- lot more depth. Um, it had a couple of players um you know it was at a stage where we had two overseas players in that team yeah um so it was it was a, a much better probably 15 or 16 man squad i think yeah i think but you look at 2010 and 2010 just worked and it worked brilliantly yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we it was it was almost like the perfect storm coming together um we had we had so many changes of personnel at different times because of circumstance we had the world t20 going on halfway through the summer which meant yeah. players were going and staying side bottom was going broad was going we constantly had this change of personnel into the team it didn't seem to make a lot of difference in that, at that period yeah and exp- i suppose experience tells us all that it doesn't always work like that you can change the personnel and sometimes it, it goes a bit it goes a bit skew with <laughs> and, and you, you don't always get the outcomes you want but yeah, very different teams at very different times,
0: but both equally impressive when you know, they got a chance to win. Cool. Yeah, so just, just briefly on the England stuff, you obviously won cap in 2000. I imagine that was you know, a great honour. How frustrating, how, you know, I guess a high and a low there. So a massive honour yeah. of playing, but then how frustrating that it was injuries that, that perhaps stopped you staying involved there? <sighs> I, you, know, you
1: know, at the time, it was, it was the biggest letdown. Um because it had been built up for quite some time. Yeah. I've been picked in this, picked in the squad to play a tri-series against the West Indies and Zimbabwe. Um and it was a it was a decent England team. You know, Trescothic was just breaking into that team, Flintoff was breaking into that team. So the next generation of the two thousand and five team were just starting to shape at that point. Yeah. Um Vaughan was in that team. Um so you, you could sort of see where it, it was gonna go. Yeah. Um i had a really good start to the season. Um, I'd had a variety of um, good performances across across formats. So we played quite a lot of white ball cricket, quite a lot of red ball cricket, and I'd done really well for England Lions in the winter. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I, I, I knew I was on the radar. They'd, they'd sort of said, listen, we're watching, keep going, as they used to. Co- communication wasn't great, but there was enough to know that you were in shape. Of... Um, yeah, yeah. And it was at a time when Matthew Hoggard had just broken into the Yorkshire <laughs> team, and this is where it all got a bit muddled. I, Matthew Hoggard had done brilliantly in white ball cricket for Yorkshire, yeah,
0: and I'd done really, really well in <gasps> championship
1: cricket for Nottinghamshire. Matthew Hoggard got picked to play in the Test matches against the West Indies, <laughs> and I got picked to play in the One Dayers against the West <laughs> Indies in Zimbabwe. So it, again, it was a bit, it was a bit weird. I'm not quite sure how that ever played out. Um, <laughs> Because I think at the time I'd have been more suited to playing Test Match Cricket. Honestly, I, I, I think I would have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you can't say that. That's not something you can say. I think that's just something I've appreciated over the course of time. Yeah. Um, am, I, am I frustrated that I didn't get more of a go? Yes. Um, do I blame anybody? No. Um, would I do it all again just to have one more game? Absolutely, 100% I would. That's um, a great attitude. <laughs> and, and, yeah. it, and it was... And it was a special day. With the benefit of hindsight, at the end, at the end of that day, I felt let down. I felt uh, deflated. I hadn't, it hadn't been the dream start like everybody, every school kid dreams of their international debut to be. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think at that time, Duncan Fletcher was in charge. I think he made quite a, a quick judgment based on the fact that he thought, in the short term, you're not for me. And off you go, and and that was that. So. It's it, it's the, the harsh reality of sport that injuries and opinions come along and and, and you have to move on quite quickly.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah,
1: so uh, yeah, before we go into uh,
2: your teams, mate. Obviously, you've gone you went straight from a long career uh, straight into coaching, didn't you? With the UAE assistant stuff, and then yeah, a year later into the head coach, and obviously the stuff you're doing with knots now. Um,
1: were you always going into coaching, mate? Yeah, but I think initially for the wrong reasons. Right. Um, if there is a wrong reason to go into coaching, um, because I've been brought up with cricket since I was a nipper. Dad played cricket. I would, we lived fifty yards from the from the local club, so I was there five nights a week. Uh, my dad did the grounds, so we were always in the nets. So we were always doing stuff, and I just, it was all I knew. You know, I, I knew I knew cricket. I'd grown up with the first team when I was scoring. I'd grown up with players quality quality recreational players who played professionally. Some of them, um, and I'd really enjoyed all of it. I think the, the. So you assume that you're just going to be good at it because you know the game. And yeah. you, you think, well, actually, I know the game. I know the answers to all the questions that will come my way. And off you go. That's going to be the way forward. I think it was around about when I was about 30 and you start to think about what's coming after cricket that I started to think about coaching seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a really good. Um, a few sessions talking about what i wanted to do with the ecb coach, coach education people and they were talking about right why do you want to get into coaching and i was so far off the pace it was embarrassing and, and they, they, <laughs> i got some really good sort of feedback if you like it wasn't nice at the time they said listen you need to you need to change your, your way of thought you know coaching's not what you think it is right I was yeah, a bit, a bit of, a bit emotional about all that for a bit. I thought, well, what do they know? They don't really know me. Type thing. <laughs> it was it was one of the best conversations I ever had. They were they were honest and upfront with me, and I sort of then started to think about coaching differently, um, and how coaching looks for players, um, and how's it going to look in ten years? How is it going to look in the next five years? Yeah, because yeah. the game the game is changing. Well, was changing before we had this this, this indefinite break. Changing. At a, Miraculous speed, you know the opportunities for players now um, to get into the professional game and travel the world and do all that sort of stuff, which I'm hopeful will come back again for them. Yeah,
2: fingers you crossed. Know,
1: you know, sooner rather than later. It means that the style of coaching and the way we manage people has, has got to change with it. So, yeah, trying to get as much experience. All the time trying to keep learning um trying to take myself out of my comfort zone and go and work with players from different parts of the world which i was afforded with the uae working with people who don't speak speak the language
2: um
1: as their first is a real challenge it simplifies (laughs) cricket back it takes cricket coaching back to its simplest form um but there's always more now there's always more now with cricket um you're looking at the individuals you're looking at everything that's going on away from cricket as well um, you, you're throwing it into the melting pot and trying to work it all out so it's um, it, it's great fun I, I love it no two days are the same um, and I, you know I certainly feel like I've got a lot more to achieve super
0: superb mate brilliant great insight there so we're going to your best 11s obviously we had a chat this week you sent me over an 11 then you realised how many and who you'd missed out <laughs> Um so Basically, 25, 25 years work. Basically, we've <laughs> we, we've got a game here, so let's start with side one before we go on to side two. And we'll start with, we'll start with side one. At the top of there, you had Darren Bicknell.
1: Yeah. So yeah, outstanding left-handed opening batter. Um, came to knots from Surrey uh, in the late nineteen nineties um, after quite a serious back injury. But yeah, really, really good, good teammate, excellent in the dressing room. Um, would give that team some really valuable experience.
0: Yeah, part of that 2005 winning side as well, wasn't he? he had a great year that
1: year, didn't he? Eleven hundred runs. He, he did, and his partner in crime, uh, Jason Gallian, that <coughs> um, they got us to lunch no end of times. You know, about that first session of the game, you know, or the first innings of the game, get through that first thirty overs um, is the is the big challenge against the Duke ball. And as a left and right hand combination, they were fantastic. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you were. Uh, you just you just mentioned that uh, mate. He's open partner
1: Jason Gallian, another great
2: player.
1: Yeah, yeah, fantastic player came to us from Lancs. I think nineteen mid nineteen nineties. Yeah. Um, and sort of scratched the surface with England, but had been you know going really really well um, in the county championship with Lancashire for a really long period of time. I think he was looking to, to sort of freshen up and revitalise his career. I think he found a great partner, um, great partner in Darren Bickmore. Um, who you know, like I say, as left and right handers. They complemented each other really, really well. He was an excellent first slip fielder, um, which which would be good. That's an, and that's an important part when we get to the bowling attack. You're going to appreciate the need of someone <laughs> to uh, catch everything that comes their way. Um, but yeah, he, he did his bit of captaincy as well. I think he, I think he'd captained at a tough time. Um, so again, another another tough another tough campaigner who's going to offer a lot to the team. Yeah, yeah. Just on Jason Bay, there, mate. You said he only played a few tests. There. I just saw an article about him
2: saying he um, had the talent to play Test cricket, but maybe not the temperament for tests. Is that fair?
1: <sighs> um. Yeah, maybe. I, I think I think one of the, one of the challenges you have when you go into international sport. People, people, people make assumptions about temperament um, yeah. and, and, and whether you've got the mental stamina to, to, to hack it. But if you only play a handful of games um, and you, you're in and out a little bit and you play those games extended period of time, I, I don't think you ever really get to find out. I think you, look, you, you need someone somewhere to say, you're my man, you're going to get this amount of time. And that's a difficult thing in coaching. Yeah. Um, you've got to be brave. You've got to put yourself on the line. Your management skills have got to be strong. If you think that player X is going to be good enough for you, um, and you say, right, son, you've got five, six, eight, ten games in that position, off you go. We'll make some better judgment calls after that period of time. I'm imagining Jason would have, like you say, played a handful of games probably over two years, three years. It's not like he's playing a series or back to back series yeah. where he actually settles in. He was probably in as an injury replacement, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, you know Atherton was very much the flavour of the month at that point there were other players Stewart was very much in as, as part of the furniture at that point Yeah, Gooch was just finishing so there were, there were a lot of variables um, That and, and again I, I felt like he was quite a sturdy you know and I can only judge him based on what I see at domestic level very solid you know heads on campaigner and all you've got to do is get into that level and then start to find your feet make a score all of a sudden the media you know the sports broadcasters think you're the best thing since sliced bread, and off you go. You you have an 80 match career. Yeah, so yeah. It's, there's so much that, that that plays out. But yeah, I think a, a tough measure to see whether he whether he would have been temperamentally sound enough, but cracky could play.
0: Yeah, just yeah. just quickly, we heard a little story. Um Is the inclusion of Jason Gallian in this team the reason there's no Kevin Peterson? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: No, the reason, the reason there's no Kevin Peterson was because we didn't want to throw his kit off the, off the bar.
0: <laughs> so that's oh, true then.
1: Yeah, yeah no, I, I, it wasn't. The, the reason for there being no Kevin Peterson was probably because I forgot about him. It's, <laughs> seems to be, he, he's, he's, right, he's right down at the bottom of the list of the last 25 years, but look, he's... <laughs> He, he's a very different animal uh, Altogether <laughs> And when, you, when, when you're putting teams together You're not just putting teams You're not just putting individuals in teams You're putting teams together Yeah Fair <laughs> And he, he's He's without any shadow of a doubt The best player I ever played with But when you're putting a team together You don't just put the best players You ever played with together Yeah that's a fair yeah. point
0: So moving on at number three uh, Another 15,000 runs In all forms of cricket We had Is uh, it Mark Wagg or Mark Waugh?
1: Well, yeah, well, we had lots of lots of conjecture about whether it was Wag or War, based <coughs> on the fact that he went to university. We went we went with Wag, and he did like that. Think <laughs> it more. Um, a, a very very good player, probably arguably the, the most stylish player I ever played with. Batting at number three, um, quite eccentric, very very well educated, um, and at a time in our dressing room where <laughs> education was optional. <laughs> <laughs> more or less doing the university of life tour than um <laughs> what well, he was his nuclear physics option um, he was he's um he was a, a quite eccentric very very good batsman terrible fielder <laughs> didn't enjoy fielding at all um but played some really really good innings batting at number three is a really difficult position to bat you've got to be ready to go in straight away you also know that you might not bat for three hours uh even longer in some in some cases um yeah. But yeah, lo- a lovely player, very gifted, yeah, um, and someone who, someone who I really, really enjoyed playing with. He was, he, 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 made the dressing room laugh out loud so many times he didn't even know how he'd done it. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, a very, very nice man. Yeah, let's go uh
2: number four. Shall we? Well, an absolute legend all around cricketer, Dave Hussey.
1: Yeah, oh god, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll start with it. Probably the best slip catcher I ever played with so he'd go in at second slip as well which is excellent yeah. um, we knew nothing about, nothing about him at all when he first arrived he, it was the, during the season of 2003 I think when we'd gone back to having two overseas players um, and we had I think we had Fleming um, and McGill sharing duties at that time um, and so we, we, we could have someone else and Hussey was doing really well in the, the Sheffield Shield and it was a bit of a punt I think it wasn't like we were breaking the bank and this bloke came over and he was absolute dynamite I mean yeah. he, could, he, could, he could square cut a half volley off middle storm, straight <laughs> extra. you know he, he could hit angles and he could do things he had bat speed to die for you know the duke ball didn't really affect how he played blokes couldn't bowl at him you know they, they, they over pitched and they got whacked they bowled short they got whacked he belted spin um, like I've never seen anybody belt spin down down the ground, square of the wicket, up the wicket, off off his stumps—he'd do it all. Um, and he ended up averaging the best part of seventy, I think, for not. If you break his numbers down, his numbers are obscene. Not yeah. like um, and, and he was the what you mentioned him before. He was the one that I was weighing up against, Peter, Peterson in the number four position. Yeah, yeah. And and knowing what I know about how good both of them are, I, I went. You know, I, I've not got a bad word to say about Kevin as a as, as, a, as a cricket player. Um, but in terms of how Hussey went about his work what he gave to the team um, he, he gets the slot at number four yeah we, we
0: were fortunate enough to, to record a podcast with him as well and you know Steve how humble did he come across as well yeah he
2: just he only just hated talking about himself didn't he we yeah. Yeah. We've been off all the stats about how good he is and he just hated talking about himself <laughs> yeah. with, a career, with a career like his you can't not yeah. no, and, and I think one it, it's, it's that sibling theory
1: as well isn't it it's, obviously his brother Mike was a phenomenal player as well Yeah, and he was the one that probably got a lot more headlines you know, what yeah. he did for Australia and bits and bobs and, and Dave sort of flew under the radar a little bit until almost it was too late and then he got his opportunity with Australia Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. probably when he was i reckon probably two and a half years too late um honestly i think he was ready to play um a lot earlier than he actually got his opportunity um but yeah very very humble um great fun um as, as a team man um always at the heart of the celebrations that went on love the guinness um <laughs> and he, yeah he was just just a great teammate uh, and I, we're still very very good friends uh, we, we stay in touch regularly, and you know he's, he's a he's a he's a man that I'm really really proud to have played with. S- super.
0: So moving on to the middle order, number five, a man we reckon was possibly your first captain, Paul Johnson.
1: He was, yes, he was. Yes, um, I, I think I probably saw the best of him in terms of because he was, you know, like I say, his his, his knees were creaking. Um, <laughs> And he probably wasn't the player he was in his mid twenties, let's say. Yeah. Um, but I, he could do, he could do things. You know, probably arguably the best player has been um, that we've had at not domestically in, in my time. He, he'd run, he'd run drills and he'd show players how to go about it. He was, he was a very very gifted player, feisty, really really fiery, which I think would give this team a really nice sort of ebb and flow. You've got some quite nice,
0: polite chaps in amongst it all, but he's gonna be the one that, th- that throws the ball at the non striker, spits and snarls and, and does and does the
1: sledging and he'll will get you a seventy on on a green, You're thirty for three and you to get two fifty. So yeah, he's he was a he was a top man. Um got a lot of time for him as as a player. Um, and I'll be forever grateful for the fact that he saw something in me that he thought it was worth a go. Brilliant. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, your yeah, keepers at six, mate. Another fantastic servant for us uh, as well as Chris Reid. Yeah, um, yeah. He spent a lot of his career batting at seven. He was very easy, good enough to bat at six. Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed him as captain. Um, I think our relationship, we we roomed together for probably the first fifteen years of our career, so we knew each other inside out. Um, I, I thought he was plenty good enough to do a lot more at international level than he yeah. got the opportunity to do. Um, but that, that was my benefit. He obviously captained the championship winning team. Um, and, yeah, look, I'm, you won't, I'm, I'm his biggest fan. Um, <laughs> I think he his demeanour in amongst all this lot would be important. He's got ex-captains in Galleon. Bignor, had done some captaincy. He's got Johnson. So he's got quite a lot of experience. Um, and I think, he, I think he'd really help what comes after him in the order, make sure we get... Most of our runs. I think if you went in at 200 for four, you quite didn't get 100 in that lineup. Yeah,
2: super. Yeah, just just on Chris Reid, mate. Obviously, we've had a lot of people on. Anyone that we've had on that's played with him has always picked him. And I just think, obviously, he's a fantastic keeper and a great bat. But it must be a little bit more than that, as a, it's just because he's
1: a brilliant teammate as well and around the dressing yeah. room. Yeah, yeah, he's just just very calm. Um, didn't get didn't get too emotional about stuff. If stuff needed doing um and it wasn't it wasn't for public consumption he'd shut the door and he'd tell you if it needed to be in front of people he he, he seemed to have the habit of getting getting things right a lot of the time and players players benefit from that yeah they really respect that style of honesty um he led from the front in everything he did he was he was fit he was strong he was athletic he never missed a training session um but he'd always he'd always see it for what it was he knew the game was there to be enjoyed yeah um and he never lost sight of what really mattered. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and I, like you say, across the board, every single player that you you know was lucky enough to play with him will have gone away with really positive things to say about it. Yeah, that's yeah. what we found. So sticking
0: with the captaincy captaincy theme, the current man, Steve Millaney.
1: Yeah, outstanding. Um, it, it'll be open to a little bit of conjecture this one, I think, <laughs> uh, based on based on it. He, he doesn't have probably a record that I think. Re- uh, Represents yet how good a player he is.
2: Yeah. yeah I and mean,
1: this is something you know, I'm not telling you anything I've not said to him. I think if he has a really, really good autumn and winter of his career, if you like, his his numbers could could and should go through the roof because of his capability. Yeah. Um, but I think he offers so much to so many different styles of position within a team. He bowls well. He bats well. He fields well. He can bat in so many different positions. He gives you depth. When, when you know, when you need it, when you when you're 100 for five, and you need someone to get you to to or to stay in the game, you'll bowl you 20 overs if one of your big seamers went down. He can do so many things. He gives you. He's a good, really really good teammate. Yeah, he, he's an absolute cricket badger, and that's rich coming from me because I'm, <laughs> um, I'm good on the badger front, but he, he puts me to shame. Um, I love working with him. He's, he's fun to work with. He challenges. He challenges us all and we challenge each other back as, as captain and coach at the minute which is great um, and I think in amongst all that it, it, it's uh, got so many stories coming out of that, that dressing room you, you, you wouldn't know what to do next so yeah he gets a gig in that brilliant yeah so, yeah, so we've got number eight we've got
2: a man that's probably everyone's got a story about in uh, Graham Swan
1: yeah Graham Swan I, I've, I've known Swanee for 30 years um obviously we played we played a lot of age group cricket when he was at Northampton under 12s under 13s all that sort of stuff England under 19s together uh, England England Lions together so we, we, we've been on the journey um, obviously delighted for him to have gone on and achieved what he did playing for England I think he probably could have and should have played sooner um, but I I'm sure he wouldn't have it any other way turn, well the way it turned out Yeah, um, over 400 you know, international
0: to, it, So
1: <laughs> I mean a phenomenal performer. Um, and he just he, he could just do so many different jobs he could attack he could defend um, he was another very very good slip catcher um, yeah. when he was concentrating when he wasn't talking <laughs> um, and he at the start of his career he was a really really good batter um, yeah. I think he, he, would, he would easily have battered you know spent a lot of time at Northlands batting in the top six Yeah. Um, that, that slowly ebbed a little bit I don't know why or how he'll have his opinions on that I think he was he was a bit carefree at times. If he, he wanted to entertain, it wasn't always so. When it looked good, it was brilliant. When it didn't, and he smacked one head to mid off third ball when you didn't need him to, um, I don't think that would have quite gone down so well. So, yeah, look, fantastic teammate, great, very, very funny. A um, little bit like Marmite. You needed to know sometimes <laughs> when to when to bother with him and when not to bother with him. Uh, um, but he was uh, he was good fun. Um, he'd be very good value in that dressing room. Superb.
0: Um, moving on to, we talked about sort of popular popular names with the Knots, lads. Andre Adams?
1: Yeah, absolute genius. I mean, I've known him for quite a long time. He played um, he played club cricket in the Nottingham area for probably three or four years Right. Um, when he was making his way with Auckland and New Zealand. And he, um, he was obviously still harbouring hopes of playing for New Zealand, but he was bowling quickly. Um, doing really well as an out and out paceman really <coughs> and he was killing it with the bat smacking, making small club grounds look minuscule yeah he whacks it the number, oh my word he hits it miles and, um, and then he disappeared off the radar for a little bit went back to New Zealand um, he was making his way within domestic cricket did okay um, and then all of a sudden we got Stephen Fleming uh, Andre was uh, we needed someone I think one of our overseas players was either injured or called up for international duty we took Andre for I think the last couple of months of one season he came over made a really good impression bowled well Um, and as it turned out we had a conversation uh, I think a number of senior players one night had a conversation over dinner somewhere turned out that his heritage was um, Caribbean so he has Caribbean heritage um, which allowed him to play cricket in the UK as a compact player Um, at that point and he became our compact player and the rest was history he went on to to bowl loads and loads and loads of overs take loads and loads and loads of (laughs) wickets and just made the rest of us feel very very average and (laughs) just because it it looked quite innocuous he used to trundle up off about five yards and he was so strong so strong he had such good control of line and length and he could make the ball go both ways and you're talking about someone who was you know bowling 84 85 mile an hour easily
0: yeah and
1: it just looked it just made it look so good. I mean, his, his numbers in that county championship winning season in 2010 were seen. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, on to number 10, mate. You've got England 2020 World Cup winner, Ryan Firebottom. Yeah, fantastic bowler. Um, excellent with the new ball, very good with the old ball. Um, you know, we, we had some really, really good times together. Another, you know, similar age to me, so we, we grew up together playing against each other a lot, a lot the, on, on the journey sort of thing. Um, really, really good sense of humour um loved love bowling but would often pretend that he didn't <laughs> <laughs> wanted, wanted, want, wanted it to appear like he was grumpy all the time um but yeah great bowler gives us a left arm variety as well yeah definitely. um and we, we you know would, would happily get through his work but yeah he's a very very good bowler went on to do very very good things i'm really pleased with him yeah you, you spent a lot of time in the dressing room with side bottom and swan And we all know what they're going to do <laughs> who's, who's who's the better dancer it was about, yeah, uh, probably just Swanee, I think, um, Touch and <laughs> go, I was very impressed with how side-bottom went on the arm, actually, if I'm honest, it didn't that lasting as long as it did, um, but, but Swan, Swan was designed for stage, so, you know, he, he, if he's, um, if he could have his own stage, I think he would. If he had his own mirror
0: and his own and his own stage. He'd be absolutely fine. <laughs> I think uh, if this lockdown carries on, I'll have very similar hair to Ryan Sidebottom as well. Um...
1: He <laughs> has to get the curlers in, mate.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on, number eleven in team one, the big fella, six foot seven, I think, Charlie Shrek. Yeah, fantastic. Um, came
1: came about. Um, through a contact we we had with not in, into Cornwall, yeah. Um, he was doing really well in minor counties cricket. He had a really really bad knee injury, um, was coming back. But I've never seen a bloke bowl as much as anybody's bowl. This bloke bowled and he bowled and he bowled and he <laughs> bowled. And then when you when you thought he was going to stop bowling, he bowled some more. Um, immensely skillful, swung the ball both ways at decent pace. Um, could you know bowl the odd bumper as well, just <laughs> to keep everybody honest. Um, and like I say, you need people to bowl overs. You need to if you're going to have a day in the dirt and on a flat pitch. He would happily bowl the overs because he, he knew that to take wickets, he had to bowl overs. Yeah. Um, he was properly Mr. Grumpy, um, which again, in amongst that lot, would make it quite funny. I think. <coughs> <laughs> but great um, strike rate. I think if you had side bottom bowling at one end with a new ball and shrek bowling at the other end with a new ball, you'd probably be all right. Yeah, just just obviously do a bit of research on the players, mate. But
2: Charlie Shreck was a really weird one for us because he only came in at twenty five, didn't he? Mm. Um, and you see a lot of his pages talking about him, saying how many injuries he's had, and yet he still had over 500 1st class
1: wickets. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and he, that's that, that's testament to him, mate, and his desire and his and his want. He, yeah. you know, he well, he was ready made when he came in because he'd learnt yeah. all of his craft within minor counties cricket. Um, that doesn't. That's not always the perfect journey. Bob because he bowled quite a lot of overs, but he was ready to go. He virtually yeah. went straight into the team and started performing from from day one. He didn't. He didn't need any change. Yes, he refined a little bits, refined his in swinger, changed a few little bits and bobs. But crikey, he can bowl people out if conditions suited and the ball swung. He was lethal. Um, he bowled because for a tall bloke for six foot seven, guys would always hang back. They think they were just the ball was going to bounce on them all the time. Yeah, yeah. And he and he, and he bowled full length he had the ability to hit blokes you know he could also he could hit you on the head
0: and he could hit you on the shin and um, that's the that's the skill of any good bowler I think yeah uh, not that so anyway that, that's side one um, yeah so let's no, look like at 4,
1: 425 for 9 at the end of the first day thats team
0: <laughs> and, and they still might lose so let's go on to uh, <laughs> let's go on to side two and and up the top a man who scored nearly 40,000 career runs Tim Robinson
1: yeah, Tim Robinson. Um, I, again, I have probably played a handful of games with him. Uh, 1995, 1996. He, um, he picked me up for my first first-team debut. Um, we travelled together to Scarborough. Um, he didn't say a single word to me the whole way there. Um, and I, thought he was, I thought he was a miserable so-and-so. Um, but what a player. I mean, anything that got on the stumps went whistling through straight mid-wicket. He'd leave it if it got a fraction wider. Then he'd wait for it to get a bit fuller. Then he'd put it away through the offside. Um, it just method, just such a good method. Professional to the end, fit as a fiddle. Um, I, I just, I, th- I think again, I didn't see the best of him. I, I look back now and watch some of the stuff he did for England um, yeah. and how well he, how well he played when he played Test match cricket and the stuff he did for Nazi in Championship winning seasons. He was a serious player. Uh, and anybody who's got that many runs, um, I think I can just try getting in my team. Yeah, is he, uh, is he an umpire now? Yes, he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he gives us nothing, actually. <laughs> 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 we give sure. him plenty of stick, but he gives us nothing.
2: <laughs> so on to a bit more of a current lad, um, real talented lad,
1: Alex Hales. Yeah, Alex Hiles. Um, obviously, um, we, we've sort of watched him develop from when he came in... Um, from MCCYC he came in to play second team cricket uh, very gifted immensely immensely gifted ball striker um, and yeah just just a really really good player he's obviously making his way in white ball cricket now um, across the globe playing for various franchises and, and doing really well at that you know could he, have, could he and should he have played more for England in red ball cricket yes possibly um, did he yeah. want to um, possibly not that's a question you'd have to ask him um, but when he did play for knots in Red Bull cricket, and when he when he batted and he battered well, wow! I mean, he could do. Th- he made a double hundred in I think two sessions in one game. I remember watching, um, and he could he could take teams apart. Yeah, he was as likely to make two hundred in a day as he was to to make a third ball duck caught deep square leg type. <laughs> thing. So I think that, that I think that was the biggest the biggest challenge he faced with Red Bull cricket was. That white ball cricket made made the equation quite simple. It meant he could
0: attack all the time, whereas red ball cricket didn't always do that. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, but so, one player. so at yeah. number three, the captain of this side, a man who did it in all forms of cricket, literally, uh, Stephen Fleming.
1: Yeah, outstanding. Um, I couldn't get him in the first team. I tried to pick him in the first team, but. Uh, I have to pick Husty instead of him, so you will go. I think he'll go all right as captain of the second team. Yeah, not a bad problem to have. that. <laughs> yeah, great captain. Um, he was sort of the icing on the cake in 2005 when we won the championship. Um, just a real good, calm demeanor. Very, very good, underrated player. I thought. I thought everybody talked about his leadership before they talked about his captaincy. Yeah. Um, and within all that, I think you know, there's a quality that that was underlying he was a great bloke he was a great leader he was very honest he was very upfront. very good tactically and he was clinical about his message that he always gave to the team but yeah i thought he could play really could play um and maybe that was the difference between him averaging 45 at test match cricket and 38 yeah I, think... I thought i thought at times he was he did things for us um that i'll certainly never forget and i'll certainly be forever thankful for
0: you you took Go on, Steve. He... You touched on Erma, obviously a great player, great captain. Um,
1: he's also not a great coach as well. Could you see that yeah. in him from years ago? Yeah, I, I, th- I think that he's obviously gone on to do very well in the IPL and various other yeah. bits and bobs. Um, he's worked with some good players, uh, which always helps when you're a coach. If you've got good players, you've got a good chance. Um, but I, I look at him and it, it's, it's more about his demeanour. It's yeah. about what he says. He doesn't waste words. Um, so he doesn't just speak for the sake of speaking. Um and I you know, I was set up to be working with him this year in the 100 at, at Nottingham right, um, yeah, yeah. With, with the Trent Rockets. And that's obviously looking like it's going by the wayside at the minute, which is a bit disappointing. But I'm, hopefully that will still come to bear in the future. Because um, when I, I, I caught up with him while I was with the UAE in New Zealand, um, I caught up with him since then as well when he's been over in the UK. And he, he, he just makes things, simplifies things yeah. um, and gives people confidence to then go and do what they think they should be doing, and what he thinks they can do, and I think that's that's the article leadership. Yeah, super Absolutely. Yeah. So number four, you after a
2: few knots uh, favours again, mate? Because he got another umpire, here, haven't you, and Russell Warren? Yeah, I know? have. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I, he was one of the better, the best players of fast bowling we ever had. Uh, genuine, quick bowling. So I looked at the opposition and I thought, well, we better make sure we've got some decent, decent players at the top of the order. He, he, he came in as came in as a backup keeper. So I, I managed to get him in the team with the gloves. I don't think you'll thank me for that because um, <laughs> his his back was never the most stable. But he could play. He was a seriously good batter. His first class record was outstanding. Um, you know, above above forty, um, and, and a really good dry sense of humour, um, and, a, and a man who would I think I think the, the
0: battle between Shrek. And Warren would be would be good entry fee. That. Superb. So, <laughs> Steve mentioned before about us doing a little bit of research, and it's it's amazing what Google can tell you. Any idea why he left Northants? <laughs> yeah, me? Yeah. Any idea why? <laughs> plenty of ideas i just glad he ended up playing for not. <laughs> we'll move on number five quick yeah go on uh, so yeah number five a man who I'm really interested as to why his nickname is listed as Trevor but Usman Afsal.
1: Usman Afsal, yeah good that's good Wikipedia in that <laughs> Usman Usman was um, probably a couple years older than me maybe 18 months older than me so again we, we've done quite a lot of age group stuff with with specific coaching groups at Trent Bridge. Um, spent a lot of his teenage years as a left arm spinner, but developed into a very, very good left handed batter. Um, came into the team at a similar time to me. Um, very, very good sense of humour. Um, scored a bucket load of runs. From one particular inning stands out when he played against Glenn McGrath was when Glenn McGrath was with Buster. Um, he made 150 uh, on a bit of a sporty pitch. And McGrath, sort of mid, mid to late 90s, still had half a yard of pace yeah, um, and was bowling, you know, sort of 85s, 86s and he, he was just mopping up, Blows just couldn't play him and Usman, you know, literally played him with a stick of rhubarb, front foot, back foot, both sides of the pitch, uh, you know, took him, took him to the cleaners towards the end of the innings when he was back down to that last, that 10th wicket stand. Um, very funny man. Um, the, the history behind the nickname was <laughs> at a time when... Um, at a time when we had quite a lot of young asian lads within our our setup and they all wanted they all wanted english names <laughs> so they, it was all it was all born out of good humor probably husband started it off so we had bill al as well he was Derek. <laughs> <laughs> and we had husband who was trevor and that was it and it went on from there Brilliant. Um, so yeah n- nothing nothing more cynical than that just just good ba- just just good level banter um, but it was it was Usman's choice. I don't think he, I don't, don't think he suits Trevor in the modern era, though. <laughs> you, t- you touched on that having a good sense of humour because obviously, like me and Matthew
2: said we have a look at a few things on people. And uh, the uh, quick info is normally quite kind to people, but on AFSAL, I've got a few things here for you. First one: he's a cocky, burr-knuckle batsman. Uh, Duncan Fletcher said he reports of the England duty overweight. His name wouldn't gain points for art. His game wouldn't gain points for artistic merit, and his talents don't extend to the field where he resembles a bird at an aerobics class outside, <laughs> I was going
1: to say who wrote that?
0: it's on the ESPN website
1: yes. yeah Yeah. no I think he's, I think that's a bit harsh to be honest I think there were times when I think there were times when if you if you'd asked him again now with a benefit hindsight would he do things differently he probably would I thought he was a particularly stylish player you know he's very yeah. good at his pads good, good through the offside um, again these people are making assumptions on what they see on the television and and bits and bobs the only really people that ever know know these types of um players and people for, for what they actually are are the people that spend time with them yeah um, so yeah that's, that's a bit harsh if you ask me i thought you know i, I really enjoyed him um, I, he, make, he makes me laugh we still see each other quite a lot now he does some coaching within our age group squads i think you know i think he's a great lad. yeah did you um, did you go to his restaurant yeah. So that'll get me. did you go to his restaurant I did go to his restaurant yeah it was good it was good for a bit I th- I, it was in a bit of a um, a, bit of a quirky location so I don't think it, it didn't quite last as long as he would have liked it to but yeah. whilst whilst things were good there it was really nice yeah brilliant so on to uh, we didn't, get, six, we didn't get any didn't get any free food though <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so number
2: 6 mate a fella absolutely smoked it everywhere Ali Brown yeah before his time as well didn't he I've
0: got that written uh, down to ask you that was he before his time yeah uh,
2: he was yeah he'd be a
1: multi-millionaire now if he was if he was 20 if he was 22 years old he'd have been yeah. playing in that england if he'd, he'd have been playing that england world cup winning squad last year
0: yeah,
1: yeah. um what a player he absolutely smoked it um <laughs> and we copped a lot of it actually um when he was playing for surrey against knots i remember him, i remember copying some treatment one year at the oval on a really good pitch Um, and he just, he just met me, um, and we just, (laughs) the ball was just going everywhere, it was just one of those days, Um, (laughs) and we signed him, well crikey, when he was nearly 40, yeah, um, and very fit, very strong, um, nicknamed the Lord, uh, yeah, that's his Twitter name, you can can imagine, yeah, that's a great nickname, isn't it, Yeah, Um, (laughs) it, it came for a lot of reasons, so I'm told, I think it was partly because he played like a bit of a lord and wasn't really worried about getting out. Um, but I remember him taking down um, Ben Stokes. When Ben Stokes was just making his way to Durham in 2010, he belted Ben Stokes at Trent Bridge. Um, yeah. And when I say he belted, I mean he belted him. Um, and Ben Stokes gave him a real good volley. Um, called, him, <laughs> called him an old slogger and, so, and the lord never really had much to say on the field. He was very
0: quiet. <laughs> Um, he
1: just sort of chuckled at him and just kept belting him a bit further um, and I don't think that did much for Stokes' mood <laughs> <coughs> very yeah. good very very good player great teammate. really enjoyed playing
0: with me. still holds the one day record of 268 as well
1: incredible <laughs> ridiculous In, what, what year was that 19?
0: 19... yeah I, I haven't got the year for that but yeah 268 I think it was early 90s
1: yeah yeah, well, that just goes to show. I mean, there was still, there was still, we were still playing sixty-over cricket. Yeah. <laughs> red ball, red ball cricket on Friday games at that point. Still got it. <laughs>
0: uh, num- number seven, Samit Patel.
1: Yeah, match winner. Um, quite inconsistent um, in terms of outcomes, but very consistent in terms of his love of the game. Absolutely loves the game. Like he, he'd turn up and play cricket three hundred and sixty-five days a year if you record Yeah Yeah. Um, Done a lot of good stuff um, with the bat, with the ball, and can catch, again, when he's not distracted and thinking about other things and doing things he shouldn't be doing. Um, but, yeah, I think n- number seven in that team's a good position for him. Gives him a bit of licence to go play. Um, and hopefully, you know, with the, with the, lads, with the lads behind him, can get us up to a decent score. But, yeah, bowls well as well. Um, gives us a bit more depth in the spin department.
0: Yeah, I think we had Luke Fletcher on who told us an absolutely incredible start. Obviously, we don't need to go into it. There's been a lot around his fitness, hasn't there? But he's never yeah, missed. It. He's yeah. never missed a game injured, has he? Nah,
1: never. That's incredible. Nah. And that, do you know what? From a, from a coach's point of view, that's really frustrating. Yeah, you, yeah. Because you sp- you spend a lot of time talking to lads about why. We should do all the training that we do to make always fit, stay on the field, and make sure you're resilient and robust and strong. And rah rah rah. He sort of flies in the face of all that. Just cracked <laughs> on because he is like, like you say, he's fit for. So, so you then get to the point. Well, is he fit for purpose? Yes, he probably is. Um, rah rah rah. And it, and part of that's been the luck, I think. If you if you if you're honestly asking me, yeah, um, why he stayed on the field for as long as he has. Um, and part of it is just because actually sometimes he just wants to crack on and there probably have been times when he's been a bit sore and, yeah. and he probably shouldn't have played and he's just got on with it so fair play to him for that I think he deserves a lot of credit for his love of the game and a lot of that sort of outweighs it but yeah he's sort of flown in the face of the uh, the, the newer regime He's in, in fairness to him now he, he's in better nick than he's been in for a, a, a few years Brilliant. Um, I, I think because he wants to keep playing for as long as he can um, should he have played more for England? 100%. Yeah. Should he have done it slightly differently? 100%. Um, uh, will, he, will he continue to play cricket to a really high level for the foreseeable future? Yes, he probably will. Brilliant. Yeah, onto a uh, fellow that did play quite a bit for England, uh, Mark Elam yeah fantastic another great signing for our club I mean you know he, he, he came to us as a, a probably more of a batting all-rounder and finished his career as a bowling all-rounder if you like yeah um, but just you know helped me massively at a time when I was sort of trying to become that player that he was <coughs> um, great to talk to about cricket would bowl really long spells bat well catch well great sense of humour funny funny man Really. um and, yeah, just give that team a really, really good balance. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of reward in
2: uh, bowling straight, mate, as coaches, uh, yourself, me and, and Matty as well. He got five for against Zimbabwe
1: in all LBW. Still a record now. Yeah, I remember watching it on the telly. He just kept <laughs> scudding, them in, scudding them into the knee roll. I think it was at Kimberley or somewhere like that. Yeah. Um, and at that point, the wicket, you know, that type of pitch was quite slow, quite low. It suited his stuff, bowling down to the ground. One white ball, a little bit of reverse swing. You know, he was a little short ass anyway, so the ball wasn't bouncing that high. Um, and it'd be a good, yeah, be a good, be a good, good, good contest with Melania and Hila with opposite teams. It'd be just letting them have a go at each
0: other. So, a man, Steve just said there, a man who's played for England. I think this guy has as well, Stuart Broad.
1: Yeah, he has played for England. Quite yeah, I thought so. Um, I, I, I probably should have picked him in the first two.
0: <laughs> Four hundred eighty-five <laughs> Test wickets, and he's in the twos
1: <laughs> Oh God! God. You <laughs> see, if he sees this, he might kill me. Um, no, he's not going to do anything more. Actually, he, he just—he's just not played that much cricket for us. Um, and That's not his fault. That's more to do with the fact that he's been tearing it up for England. Um, yeah. G- really, really good. Really, really good cricketer. Fantastic cricketer. People write him off, and he comes back all People the time. Are, People are sceptical about whether he should keep his place in the team. He goes and dominates the Ashes series. Every time Anderson's been in, ill, ill, injured, absent, Broad's always stepped up. Um, and I think he goes, I think he goes unlucky on the front that people underestimate how good he is. Yeah. Um, and I think when he finally hangs his boots up in a few years, we'll really realise what we had. Yeah. Um, whenever that moment comes but I I think he's he's so good Yeah, he started out as a young quick roller 86, 87, 88 over the course of time that gets harder to do you add some skill you add some craft you go about then mastering that craft and he still takes wickets takes his wickets Um, you know his batting unfortunately hasn't kicked on like it should have done he took a really nasty one in the face which I'm sure you would have seen a few years ago Um, which I think set him back massively um, but in terms of leading that team, um, and particularly the bowling attack in that team, he'd, he'd be outstanding.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah. Just you touched on it then, but 485 Test wickets, he's done it. He's he, he does it in those spells where he wins a game in an hour, but he yeah. still gets written off. Like, is that a media thing? Is it a, you know a, an attitude thing with us all, or what more do you have to do? <laughs>
1: I, well, the answer in short is nothing. Yeah. Because you've got 485 <laughs> test wickets. I mean, there aren't that many seam bowlers who've got 485 test wickets in the history of the game. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I think we sort of, the nature of the media, the sporting media in this country is that we like to write people off. Right. We pension them off too soon, we get rid of this, we get rid of that. You know, Jimmy Jimmy, and Brooke Anderson and Broder are our greatest pairing of all time. Yeah, yeah. Definitely.
2: that doesn't uh, that doesn't lie does it nope. <laughs> no at all. um yeah so on to number 10 mate he's got everyone's got this fella in their comedy 11 <laughs> you, you, you even started laughing before when you made his name but how good
1: a bowler is he well how good a player yeah, exactly is I, so I, I picked him as a bowler i didn't pick him as a comedy as a comedy man but now you mentioned it now you he mentioned <laughs> that he's a really really funny bloke um, no look, he's a very very good bowler um yeah. under, underestimated as a bowler um has got the ability to hold line and length, um, will always get something out the pitch, bowls long, extended spells, um, unfashionable because he's a big lad, he's yeah. a big, strong, strapping lad, and at a time when you have to be a wiry athlete, doesn't necessarily fit that bold. Um, but if you asked Mark Ward, David Hussey, Paul Johnson, Chris Reid, who they'd least like to face, would they like to face Broad, or would they like to face Fletcher on a, on a cold, damp day at Trent Bridge? It'd be Fletcher because he just wouldn't miss. Yeah. Um, if you ask them who they'd like to face on a flat pitch when people are getting their knees up because someone needs to, to win a game, then it'd be Broad. So <laughs> you've got the, the, these are the variables, aren't they? They're variables. Yeah, though. yeah. Like you say, Broad's got the ability to run through a team in 12 overs and take six for 15. Fletcher will bowl you 25 overs and get three for 50.
0: Yeah. And, and, has, so you, yeah, go on, sorry,
1: Paul. It's about having these types of different types of bowlers. Yeah, in your team, you can't have four blokes who can bowl twelve overs a day because you've still got fifty overs to find.
0: Yeah, and he has probably, well, definitely proved he's got the uh, the most solid head in world
1: cricket. He? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's the most horrific scene. That was like a scene out of one of those oh. dodgy horror movies.
0: Oh, oh just awful. Horrible. But credit to him, bless him.
1: Uh, I, so- yeah, I, and, 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 and like you say, I mean, his, his ability to come back from adversity. Um, Because that would have finished lesser men off, yeah. Honestly, it would have done. And you know, his teammates love him, they love him for who he is, they love him for what he stands for as a person. He's very, um, he's very honest, he says what he thinks. Um, he's not got a bad bone in his body. And um, and our dressing room, I, I think he's one of the most popular blokes on the county circuit, yeah. Brilliant.
0: Number 11, we obviously do a bit of research, we found 385 first class wickets, 161 one day. But we couldn't find much else other for Richard Stemp. It is other than fined for abusive language in 1994, banned from a Yorkshire <laughs> tour for disciplinary reasons, and a failed drugs test.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it was it wasn't for any of the reasons that I picked him. <laughs> he was he was a, he was a very very good spin bowler. He was an outstanding left arm spin bowler. Um, like I said, a little bit of a checkered past. The things. Things that didn't go his way, he could easily have played for England at a time when Phil Tufnell was in and out of the team. Yeah. Um, at a time when you know Richard Stemp was doing really well for Yorkshire, um, we signed him. It didn't quite work out. He was a good bowler. I really enjoyed him when he played. He could ball teams out on the last day he bowled well on the first day. Um, a bit of an eccentric character. He was different. I enjoyed him. Yeah. I, I enjoyed him for what he was. You had, you got to try and respect these people that are slightly different. Yeah. Um. But yeah, great a great bowler, a top top bowler, and I yeah I like you say a, a little bit a little bit quirky. Um, <laughs> That's one way. But um, but but
0: a good bowler. Yeah, brilliant, superb. Like two incredible teams there. Um, Steve, what do you reckon? Who's winning that game first or second team? <laughs> I'm having
2: a little recap here. I don't know. I'm thinking. Oh, I reckon the, the the twos could give a run for the
1: money. I, all I want to. Who's in the threes? <laughs> I'll tell you who's in the threes. I've got I've got a combination of players in the threes. Um, so, I've got Hashim Amla. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Hashim Amla he's is captain, captain in the third <laughs> has, Yeah, he's captain in the third. AJ Harris, Greg Smith, Darren Pattinson. So, they're the Phil Jakes, Michael Long. <laughs> Brendan Taylor and Kevin Peterson. i my top four. I haven't quite finished it all <laughs> off. I'm going, str- I'm going to struggle for a for a wicketkeeper. I
0: think. I'm just trying to Im- trying to imagine if we're talking third team cricket. Obviously, there's no no panel umpires. So are you are you going to tell KP <laughs> are you going to tell KP once he's out to go and do square leg for the lads? <laughs> Not <bad man laughs> well
1: Darren Patterson's going to give him some fearful grief. <laughs> another test match
0: player oh just oh, absolutely mate. incredible just this vision of Hashim Amla doing the scoring once he's took his pads off but... yeah just go and, go, and stick,
1: go and stick the tins on mate
0: that's good luck. but, but oh, mate oh. A- absolutely superb some incredible insight there just just brilliant um, I think Steve that's
2: pretty much everything from us isn't it mate two great well, two and a half great sides there isn't it And uh, I didn't, great I
1: didn't even size. get a gig <laughs> I'm st- I, think I'm, I think I'm stirring the Fanta I'm not you're going to ball? be seen you're the for ball? yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm playing the 12-8 balls
2: on a Thursday night down the social. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get yeah, you in thanks, the... Uh, thank, thanks so much for this, mate. It means a lot. It's
1: been great. Yeah, been Pleasure. Su- no problem at all.
0: been superb. And we'll get you in the midweek 11. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Paul, thank you so much. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, thank, thanks, everybody, for listening. Check out the website, academynorth.co.uk, social media at Academy North
1: 1. Cheers, Dean. Thanks very much, Paul. Cheers. Cheers. Yes, Dad, that's